Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Thanks so much for joining our online service today. And I wanted to start things off by praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Would you join with me? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Give us victory today, O God, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Well, here is Seti and the worship team to come and celebrate the goodness of our God. Come on, let's believe that God is working on your behalf in 2021. search the world but it couldn't fill me men's empty praise and treasures that fade are never
serve a God who can turn anything around from sorrow to rejoicing, from ashes to beauty, from graves to gardens. I pray that God brings that alive inside of your heart. Right there, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, know that God is not finished yet. He who started a good work will be faithful to complete it. May God increase that trust in you right now, that you'll be encouraged and strengthened for his glory. He's working. And I just want to declare that of you. May the Lord work in you to bring hope where there's hopelessness, to bring strength where there's weakness, to bring blessing where there's struggle. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. What a privilege for us to be there with you right now. You're in our hearts, even though we're far away from you, believing for God to do those kinds of miracles of turning things around. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. Yes, right there, wherever you are, you're part of us. And we're so glad you've joined us. And we're believing God's gonna just encourage you today and strengthen you and help you. He knows exactly what you need. Well, Every once in a while, you know, it's good for us to get a heart checkup. Now, I'm not just talking about treadmills and getting EKGs. I'm talking about our spiritual heart. You see, when you get a heart check by the doctor, what they're trying to make sure happens is that blood is flowing in and blood is flowing out, that there's not some kind of hiccup blocking it. And a spiritual heart checkup is the same way. Is life flowing in? Is life flowing out? Maybe for some of you, you're giving and giving and giving and you're helping everybody. And God says, you know, like, let me just put some life in you. Receive from me. And we're praying God will do that through this service today. For others of you, you're just taking and taking and taking it all in. But there's got to be a place for it to be released and let out. And I'm praying that God will help you as you do a heart checkup today to know where do I need to receive and where do I need to be giving One of the ways you can be part of making a difference in giving and blessing our community and allowing the work of God to continue is by giving. And you can do that several ways. You can go to our app on your cell phone. You can go online to our website, or you can text the number on the screen and be part of what God is doing in this moment. You can also write out a check and mail it to the church office or drop it by Monday through Friday. That's one of the ways that you can give because God has given so much to you. So I hope your heart is receiving and giving. As we continue to worship, powerful song that declares the resurrection, the power of Jesus in you. Let's continue to worship the Lord together.
now shines for all to see. Let's lift up his name. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. We have victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. God has robbed the grave. 
thanks again for being a part of our online community. I sure love my cathedral family and all the friends and guests who have joined us today. You know, all this month we're thinking about the questions of Silicon Valley. I saw this one picture of a guy, he's distressed and it says, Instagram is down. Just describe your lunch to me. You know, what a world we live in. And here in the valley, we're at the hub of the high-tech universe. And so this month, we're thinking about questions that are connected to or flow out of Silicon Valley. And the question today has to do with the world's most visited website, and that's Google. This massive search engine processes more than one trillion searches every year. And the name Google actually comes from a mathematical term, Google, which is a one with a hundred zeros after it. And that number right there will make your brain hurt. Now, the reason they gave it that big number was to, well, to give an image of how much information this search engine can process. And boy, can it ever. You can find almost everything on Google. You can calculate your tip at a restaurant, or you can check the weather, you know, in your location, or you can translate between two different languages. Or if you, if you type, do a barrel roll and you click search, what happens is your browser will do a 360. How fun is that? I read that back in 1999, there was another search engine Excite that had the opportunity to purchase Google for $1 million and they passed it up. Do you think they regret it? Google is by far the biggest search engine. It's an amazing engine that I use every week. I'm so grateful for Google. It helps me with my sermon research. If only it could write my sermons for me, I may be able to make this pastor thing work. Google is the biggest search engine. But that brings us to the question for today. Siri, can you help me out? Hey, Pastor Ken, is Google the best search engine? Google is the biggest search engine, but is it the best? And it seems to me it all depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for how to live your best life now, I would like to suggest that the best search engine out there is the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible makes this claim about itself. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture is inspired. Now, the way we use the word inspire, sometimes we talk about a, a chef who was inspired to cook this dish or a, a composer who was inspired to write this piece of music or a team that was inspired to play that game. 
But when the Bible talks about itself being inspired, the inspiration is on an even more profound level. One translation of 2 Timothy chapter 3 reads, All scripture is God breathed. In fact, how about if we get interactive right there in your home? Would you join me? If you'll take a deep breath, inhale, and exhale. This is what we have in the scriptures. When you look at the scriptures, they were written over 1,500 years by, over, or by 40 different authors in three different languages in all kinds of genres, everything from poetry to history. But it is all God breathed, God inhaled, and he exhaled the divine, the divine breath gave us the divine word. All scripture is inspired. Now, it's one thing to make that claim, but how do we know that that claim is true? And that's a fair question to ask. One reason has to do with the prophecies that have been fulfilled. There are many prophecies that are made in this book by the writers that have already come to pass and been fulfilled. You know, I read about some big, bold predictions that were made concerning the future. For example, one record uh, label, they passed on a deal to, uh, to sign the Beatles because this was their prediction. They said, guitar music is on the way out. And then there was a, a famous banker who, who made this prediction about the future. He said, the horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a fad. And then there was a national newspaper who made this prediction about the future. It read, a, a rocket will never be able to leave the Earth's atmosphere. And then there was a, a prominent CEO who made this prediction when it came about to the future of computers. He said, there's no reason anyone who would want a computer in their home. And then there was uh, a leading engineer back in 1995. He made this prediction about the internet. He said, I predict the internet will go spectacularly supernova and in 1996 will catastrophically collapse. He missed it by that much. Now, these were all predictions about the future, bad predictions about the future. And then you come to the predictions about the future that are made in the Bible. For example, there's a writer by the name of Isaiah, and he makes a prediction that there's a king by the name of Cyrus who will rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the temple of Jerusalem. And yet, while well, we read in Isaiah chapter 5, we read this. It says, I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free. But not for a price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. Now, when Isaiah wrote this, there was not a king by the name of Cyrus. And the city and the temple were both in good shape. But a hundred years after he makes this prediction, the city and the temple are destroyed. 
And then, 60 years after that, there's a king that comes into the picture, a king by the name of Cyrus. And one day, this king by the name of Cyrus, he allows the people to go free and return so that they can rebuild their city and rebuild their temple. Boy, there are over 2,000 prophecies like that that have been made in the Bible that have already come to pass. Do you know of any other book with a record like that? Big, bold predictions about the future that have come to pass. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 11, or 21 reads this way. No prophecy ever originated from humans. Instead, it was given by the Holy Spirit as humans spoke under God's direction. We can trust in the inspiration of the scriptures because of the prophecies that have already been fulfilled. Now, sometimes in the Silicon Valley, you'll hear people question the credibility of the Bible. I had a friend who, uh, well, I have a friend who, who works in high tech and, and uh, he had a guy he used to work with years ago. And this guy, when it came to the Bible, he said, well, the Bible to him was like a comic book. It was a collection of myths and fables and had no, no historical roots at all. He said it was just a comic book. And maybe you've run into someone like that at work or at school or at the gym or you've seen something on television, you read an article in a magazine or come across something online and you've wondered, you haven't said it out loud, but you've wondered, wow, is the Bible really credible, reliable, or is it more like a comic book. Well, if you do a little digging, do a little homework, and you'll find that the Bible is the most reliable, credible document we have from ancient literature. Take, for example, the archaeological findings. One of my favorite quotes from Agatha Christie is this. She said, an archaeologist is the best husband a woman can have. The older she gets, the more interested he is in her. <laughs> there have been so many archaeological findings that have uh, confirmed places and people that are mentioned in the Bible. Now, one example of that has to do with Solomon. You know, in 1 Kings chapter 4, we read this. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for chariot horses and 12,000 horses and the comic book critics used to point at this verse right here and say see that's why you can't trust the bible because well we've not been able to find anything any evidence that solomon had horses or chariots you might as well be looking for Batman's cave or Thor's hammer. You're going to find those before you find Solomon's stables. And then one day, guess what? Archaeologists discovered a place. And you can see my daughter and Dr. Wayne and myself at that place. They found Solomon's stables. And they found out that the Bible was not bad history 
after all. One prominent leading archaeologist said this about the Bible and archaeology. He said, scores of archaeological findings have been made which confirm in clear outline or exact detail historical statements that are found in the Bible. Does that sound like comic book stuff to you? The Bible is credible. It is reliable. It's the most reliable document we have from ancient history. The Bible says this about itself. These words are trustworthy and they are true. On a side note, that guy that my buddy worked with that thought the Bible was a comic book, well, my friend has had an influence on him and he's come full circle and now he's like Nicodemus. He's very close to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Speaking of influence, there are critics of the Bible who say, the Bible's not a good book. You may call it a good book, but it's really a bad book because it's been used in history to justify you know, horrible actions. And what we need to do with the Bible is to get rid of it. And yet, I mean, it's true. It is true that the Bible has been used, or I should say misused, to justify horrible things in history, actions that have taken place. And yet, just because something has been misused, we shouldn't write it off. For those who who are my age, you may remember an album that came out called the, The White Album by the Beatles. And you find that you may remember that Charles Manson listened to the album and he thought in listening to the album that the album was telling him to commit murder. And that's what he did. He took this album and he committed murder. He used it to commit murder. And yet just because he misused this album, it didn't mean that the album was bad or that the creator of the album was flawed. It was just misused. And the same thing is true when it comes to the scriptures. Just because people have misused it in the past doesn't mean that the book is bad or that the creator of the book is flawed. I saw this one meme, there's a a look of Jesus just kind of shaking his head. And it says, when the Bible is used straight out of context, Jesus is not pleased with that, with the way that it's been used at times through history to commit bad actions. But when the Bible is properly used, you can see in history It's incredible positive influence. Bishop Desmond Tutu down in South Africa says this about the Bible. He says, there's nothing more radical, nothing more revolutionary, nothing more subversive against injustice and oppression than the Bible. Can somebody say amen? The Bible, the positive influence it has. Boy, in the founding of our culture and Western society, especially the influence that the Bible has had on our freedoms and our rights and our laws and our art and our architecture, you can't get away from it. Even 
in our music. I mean, there's obvious examples like Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel. But there's examples sprinkled all through our music. You too, their song 40 is right from Psalm chapter 40. Or the Rolling Stones, their song Prodigal Stun, guess where they got that title from? Or Bob Marley, he's got a song influenced from the scriptures called One Love. And then there was a song that was at the top of the church for 14 weeks. See if you recognize the words from this song. If those words sound familiar, that's because they're taken almost word for word. Those lyrics are taken from Ecclesiastes chapter three. The Bible has had such an amazing influence. Even though a, secular, a secularism in our culture is trying to root out that influence, it still pervades so much of Western culture today. In fact, one MTV uh, reporter said this about the Bible. She said, no matter how secular our culture becomes, it remains drenched in the Bible. Since we will be haunted by the Bible, if, even if we don't know it, doesn't it make sense to read it? And I say amen to that. You may never have thought that you would see the day where a pastor would say amen to MTV. I would say amen to that. It does make sense to read it. And the most important, it makes sense to read the Bible is because in the Bible, we find how we can live our best life right now. One of the most influential poets in America is the late Maya Angelou. And she once said this to say about the scriptures. I can't separate the Bible from my first memories. I cannot. So I, I would say the Bible has helped me all my life before I even knew how to read and certainly how to write. For me, the Bible is a map in the hands of a journeyman. This map will show you every stop. It will help you to see where you can get water. It will show you the oases. It is the atlas of life. The Bible is a map. It's a guide. It's instruction. Psalm 119 says this about the Bible. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path, showing me how to live my best life now. Well, the Bible shows us how to get to know our creator and how to raise our kids. The Bible shows us how to manage our finances or conduct our business. The Bible shows us how to have peace of mind and, and joy in our hearts. The Bible shows us how to find purpose in this life and have hope for the next life. 
The Bible even shows us how to keep romance alive in our marriage. In the Song of Solomon, we read this. We read, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Is it getting warm in here? Is that in the Bible, Pastor Ken? Yes, it's in the Bible. And now that I have your attention, I want to challenge you for the next seven days to join me in a Bible study. I saw Liam Neeson, and he was once saying this. He said, I will find you, and I will join your Bible study. Well, I want you to join Liam and myself in this Bible study. It really is a journey toward hope. When you dig into the scriptures, it's a journey toward hope. There was a study done by the Department of Human Flourishing at Harvard over the course of the pandemic. And they wanted to see how Bible reading impacted the level of people's hope. And so they asked people to rate their level of the hope from a scale from one to 100. And here's what they found. People that read the Bible three or four times a year, they rated their hope as 42. People that read the Bible once a month, they rated their hope level as 59. People that read the Bible once a week, their hope level was 66. And people that read the Bible multiple times during the week, well, their hope level was 75. So my seven-day challenge really for you is a journey toward hope to raise that number in your heart. And here's the seven-day challenge. Our staff, I've asked seven members of our team to pick one of their favorite chapters. And we've included those chapters on our website, on social media. And I invite you to read one chapter a day. In fact, you can even listen to it. They've recorded it. So they have an audio version of it. Read or listen to that one chapter a day for these next seven days. And as you read, ask questions like this. Ask questions like, is there a warning in these verses I should pay attention to? Is there a promise that I can claim? Is there an example that I can follow? Is there a command I can obey? Is there a sin that I can confess? Is there a lesson about God that I can learn? Are there words of praise that I can join in with? Is there encouragement that I can take to heart? Ask God to breathe on your reading. That the breath of his spirit and the breath of the word would speak to you through this chapter. Because this is the primary way God speaks to us. Is through the scriptures. When someone asks you, are you, on your way to read the, are you on your way to read the Bible? You can say, well, I'm actually on my way to hear from God. And when God speaks, when you take hold of that word and that word takes hold of you, that's really what happens in this process. While you're reading the Bible, the Bible's reading you. While you're studying the Bible, the Bible is studying you. 
Martin Luther once said this. He said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. And when it does, when the breath of the spirit and the breath of the word takes hold of your heart, it has the power to change your life. The words in this book have changed my life. I've built my life around the words that are found in this book. And what God has done for me, God can do for you. The words in this book can set you free. That's another misunderstanding about the Bible. There are many people who, who look at the Bible and say it's oppressive. It's restrictive. It limits my personal expression or my personal freedom. But I would like to suggest that the opposite is true. That the Bible really is the pathway to find your freedom. Think about the Bible and freedom this way. You can see this video of fish that are swimming in water. And it's beautiful. These fish are in the water and they're fully alive. They're fully free. They're doing what they've been made to do and being what they've been made to be. Now, this is how their fins work. This is how their gills work. They work well in water. But you could look at that picture and you could say, wait a second, that's way too restrictive for fish. They should be free. They should be free to get out onto the land and you could do that. You could take a fish out of water and put them on land. But does that fish look free to you? There was a, a man who was being suspended at his workplace because he had pornography on his computer. And the way they found out about it was he had, he had gone to IT and he'd asked for more, more uh, space on his computer. He had 15,000 images of pornography on his computer. But 15,000 pictures, it wasn't enough. Does that sound like freedom? Or does that sound like slavery? See, the world talks about a freedom. And the end of that freedom is slavery. But the word talks about a freedom. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 6. Offer yourselves to the ways of God. And the freedom you have never quits. Swimming in the ocean, fully alive, fully free, living our best life now. John chapter 8 says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. It really will. Jesus said, my words, they're spirit and they are life. Life-giving words. What an amazing book we have. God breathed this word to us. That Google's an amazing search engine, but if you're looking for how to live your best life now, this is how you'll find it. You'll find it in the scriptures. And I'm going to invite you to join me just to affirm our commitment to the scriptures and our gratitude for the scriptures. 
and that we bring our lives under the scriptures today. You know, our friend, Pastor Joel Osteen, before he preaches, he always makes this declaration, and I invite you, I've, I've borrowed it, stolen it from him, and so join me in this declaration today. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I will do, I, I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I'll boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God-breathed word. If you're watching and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you know about Jesus, you've heard about Jesus, but how do I know Jesus really did came back from the dead? Well, one of the reasons is the Bible. The reason we have the New Testament is because Jesus came back from the dead. There would be no New Testament if Jesus had stayed in that grave. But when he came back from the dead, they had to write about it. And that's why we have the New Testament. And if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me like you do. I receive you as my Savior. I make you Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for having a plan for my life. Thank you for giving me a map that I can follow so that I can be truly free. Amen and amen and amen. Well, again, I wanna thank you for being a part of our online community and I'd love to hear from you. If you need prayer, please let us know. Contact us. Let us know how we can pray with you and pray for you. And then don't forget right after service or right after this, this service, there's the wrap and it's a way to take this message deeper and further. So stay tuned for that. And then I hope you'll join me on this seven day journey. And let's see what God will do in our lives if we open up our lives to him and his word. Now, let me speak to you, a, speak over you a, a blessing that comes right out of the Bible in Numbers chapter six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Thank you so much for joining me today. We have some friends here. This is our wrap, our virtual lobby where we get to talk and unpack about Pastor Ken's amazing message. He just started off a new series, Questions. We all got a bunch of questions and is Google the best form of answers? No. (laughs) We are finding that out today, no. So don't be Googling everything, but (laughs) we'd like to start off with Mike to kick off the conversation. I love the message that we heard this morning from Pastor Ken, talking about the Word of God being the truth. We all know over the past year and a half how everything 
especially in Silicon Valley, has been shaken. But the word of God, being the truth, cannot be shaken. The word of God is the truth, and the Bible talks about the armor of God that we're supposed to put on every day. And the first thing we put on is the belt of truth. Amen. Knowing the truth, knowing that the truth will make us free. But that's one of the most important pieces of the armor of God. It has a place there to hold part of the weight of the shield Mm -hmm. of righteousness. Right. It has a place to hold the or the breastplate of righteousness. It has a place to hold the shield of faith, and it has a place to hold the sword of the Spirit. Very important that we know the truth, and we know that the Word of God is the truth. Keeping us protected. Amen. Amen. What I like about the the message was, I mean, to start it off, it was when he put up the the part where he said you can search anything on Google, and... um, and I try that. I mean, we all do, right? And I actually yeah. did put in, like, you know, if the mall was opened, and it told me the time that the mall was open. And I get to the mall, of course, it's like there's, there's nobody there. <laughs> and so that's not credible. That's right. not reliable. Okay. But the, you know, what I liked is that the word of God is credible. It's reliable. There are so many prophecies that were said in the Old Testament that came to pass in the New Testament, and they're still coming. Um, his word is truth. It's his word is love. It's peace um, and we are living testaments to what his word um, what the word has um, like today we're all sitting here we know what the pandemic has done but we are all here happy and joyful and um, and yes. we're living in peace as well because um, God says that um, peace I give you mm-hmm. so um, that that stuck out to yeah. me amen. Amen. amen yeah I'm with you guys the Bible is truth <laughs> I I like where pastor Kent actually pastor Ken actually talked about um, people thinking that the Bible oppresses you or restricts you from doing things. And it doesn't. But when I was a young girl in church, I was always thinking that, yeah, the Bible is going to be restrictive. I can't go and have fun. I won't be free and things like that. But you know, that's not true. I learned by applying the Bible to my life as a young person, a single person, finding a mate, my husband, raising my children gave me freedom. Not only that, as Timothy says, it gives you instruction. on how Mm -hmm. to raise or how to live. So I actually found freedom in the word of God and applying it. And just one more thing I wanted to add to that was even during the pandemic, when we were sheltered in place, I had, there was a scripture that I had read tons and tons of times before as kind of a covering when I would get sick or something like that. And Psalms 91, Mm. I read that (laughs) Psalm over and over for protection and just clarity and peace. And I'm telling you, the word of God gives you you're not restricted, no. and you do have that peace. Amen. Yes. That also uh, is a great point from Pastor Ken, the hope, yes. the science behind the hope, and yes. people who actually read the Bible more during the week, their hope just skyrockets. And yes. I want more hope. There's yes. a lot of times where my mind just goes into like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, this is going to happen to you. Like all the bad scenarios just keep playing in my mind. And just to know that there's a practical thing I can turn to 
just reading the word, being in the word yeah. every day can just rise hope in me. That makes me hopeful right now. Amen. It's inspiring. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys are getting me all inspired. <laughs> the second thing is that I love, I love instructions. <laughs> Like, I, I, I have a hard time just being like, oh, what am I doing now? Like, I need a practical instructions every day what to do. And sometimes that, that fish analogy where the fish are swimming free, and then when you take them out of the water and you're floundering, mm -hmm. that is me when I have no instructions. Oh, So <laughs> that, that analogy mm -hmm. hit me to my heart. I was like, that fish, it's me. That's, that's me. That's I, I see it and I feel it. That's so true. just having the practicality of Absolutely. instructions, knowing mm -hmm. where God wants you to go and leading you through his word and absorbing that into your heart and your spirit every day is just so, just brings so much power and strength. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the armor. Right. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Amen. One way that Google helps me <laughs> find Let's the go. word of God. He's bringing the credibility back. <laughs> that's right. If I... What's a good Bible verse for healing? What's mm. a good Bible verse yes. for delivering? <laughs> you just ask Google and it'll give you those verses. Mm -hmm. Don't go to any place else except for the Word of God. Amen. Google will direct you to the Word of God and give you those verses. And when you know those verses, when you hear those verses, when you speak those verses, because faith mm -hmm. comes by hearing yes. and right. hearing the, the Word, word of God. Right. You know that's the truth. Amen. The truth will make you free. Yes. Isn't it funny, though, that Google takes you back to the Bible? Yes. Google on. knows exactly who to go to. I mean, Google is not the ultimate. It doesn't have the word, doesn't have the truth. Mm -hmm. So Google is going to redirect you back to, back to the Bible and Come say, on. this is where you're going to find peace. Mm -hmm. yes. This is where you're going to find hope. Yes. This yes. is where you should trust. Not yes. me. I'm just going... I'm a search engine. I don't yeah. have all the answers. Yeah. Right. The middleman. <laughs> yes. The middleman. The truth mm -hmm. is really in the Bible. Where mm -hmm. you want right. to find the meat and potatoes, that's where you go. The scripture. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so beautiful too that Cathedral, we're taking the time to do a week Bible study. Oh, yes. that's So good. if you've never gone into a Bible study, if you've never gone deeper into the word, this is your time. This is your calling. This mm -hmm. is, we have called you. Hello, pick up. <laughs> We're going to Bible study. Right. Be a Liam Neeson. Right. <laughs> and say, I will find your Bible, Bible study. Find your Bible study. <laughs> so here's another thing that I was thinking just as you were talking. So we're sending this out to people to be reading on their own. Mm -hmm. Now you might be reading the same scripture, but don't you get hit differently? Mm. That word speaks to you where you are. Just That's like right. you said, you needed instructions and there's a passage that you might read where I might get encouragement, you got instruction, Amen. and you might get training or you might get something else Conviction. in that. Conviction. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that brings us to our scripture because in 2 Timothy verse 316, all scripture is God breathed. Yes. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Right. So in all aspects of life, Cathedral, we want to invite you in the chat, just say a couple of words. What has spoken from you or what has touched you from this message that Pastor Ken spoke? And please feel free to contact the church office, get plugged in, stay connected and get into a Bible study because God wants to use you. He wants to speak to you through the Bible That's and right. we want to connect with you. So Amen. we're so thankful for everyone to be here on The Wrap. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you for, for being us. here. Yeah, and as we always us. say, it's, it's a wrap. wrap.